Welcome to the Heart Rate Variability Podcast, where we explore the exciting science behind heart rate variability. The material discussed in this podcast should not be taken as medical advice. Please check with your medical provider to make sure any suggestions or strategies are right for you. Visit us at the OptimalHRV.com website to learn more about the Optimal HRV app, download a free copy of Matt's book, Heart Rate Variability, and also get show notes and additional resources around heart rate variability and its applications. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome again to another episode of the Heart Rate Variability Podcast. Uh, Jeff Summers here. Very excited to introduce everybody to a special guest we have on the show today. So uh, I know it's been a, a couple of weeks, I think, since our last episode, uh, but we wanted to bring uh, an optimal HRV friend with a really cool, uh, cool story. Um, Will Darud, welcome, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Jeff. And uh, coming to you guys from Ottawa, Canada, That's I'm great. happy to be here and excited to chat more about HRV, which has been like such an eye-opening and innovative tool to my business and my personal life uh, that we're going to dive deep on. That's fantastic. Well, Will, first of all, thanks for the time. Thanks for being a great partner so far. For folks listening, Will's been uh, a big help in, in the design of our product and, and giving us a lot of feedback as he's been using it with his clients. So we're super excited to have you on the show. I mean, we, we love to bring people who are using HRV in their day-to-day -day with their clients, with their patients, um, with fellow employees to just talk about how it's helped, how it's benefited them, um, why it's a tool that really is adding value to what they do every day. And so you know, you're in a very, very cool, um, cool profession to be able to do that. And one that uh, we haven't had another guest that does the same things that you do on the, show, on the podcast yet. So first of all, um, welcome again. Happy to, uh, to have a neighbor up north on the, on the podcast. I'm sure it's starting to feel a little bit like winter up there. But um, otherwise, well, maybe you could just kind of give everybody a quick introduction on, on sort of who you are, or what your kind of career focus has been, um, and, and sort of what got you interested in HRV to start with, and, and we can kind of go from there. Yeah, I'll try to uh, limit a very, very large story into <laughs> bite-sized chunks. So uh, right now I do trauma-informed nervous system support and coaching. And HRV is a big part of that, but it wasn't always that way. I uh, have been doing coaching for a long time. And before that, uh, I was into, you know, meditation teaching. I still teach yoga and really just wanted to help people with well-being. I had this innate sense that people can experience greater well-being than what is sort of like the average. Um, I just, just knew that there was like a higher bar for mental health. Uh, and I pursued lots of different modalities and eventually just got really into the coaching world and started to see people get results, started to pe see people get results with uh, healing at the emotional level, and then eventually got into the nervous system and understanding trauma better. And then with, with that, that was just uh, amazing and profound and still a really big part of my focus, being trauma-aware, trauma-informed, trauma-attuned to help people um, with what might be emotional overwhelm that they've experienced in their life that echoes into their present. And then I, um, you know, I actually got into HRV with the aura ring first, which is a uh, really cool sleep technology. Didn't know much about the HRV part. I was more looking at my right? sleep rhythms. 
The HRV really was just that. kind of like, oh, that's a cool background thing. And uh, I just thought it was cool, but I didn't, I didn't really dive too deep. I saw maybe one or two podcasts on it. And uh, I was like, okay, cool concept. Um, I didn't know it was as amazing as it actually is um, until later. And so how after long a bunch had of- you been using the, uh, the Horror Ring before you really started to kind of get into HRV? Just out of curiosity. Uh, I probably used it for four months without ever looking at the number of my HRV. Yep. Didn't even know what, what it meant, what it stood for. Why it was yeah. There. It was just there in the background sort of thing. I was yep. more curious about my sleep quality, yeah. which, uh, later I found out my HRV is actually a great indicator of that. Um, especially if I'm doing a immediate wake up HRV measurement, which is what I do every day. Um, I can kind of just sense like where I'm at, what kind of stress I've carried overnight, or if my sleep was low quality, I'll probably have a diminished HRV or if I've slept way too hard, meaning that my body went into this like massive recovery mode, my HRV will usually pop up a little bit higher. So I'm like parasympathetically overactivated in this sort of like cocoon hibernation, (laughs) uh, sleeping, (laughs) sleeping off any exhaustion mode. Which is so, probably yeah, what you did after your recent move. You probably needed it. I had I had a couple of days like that for sure, where HRV popped up similarly. That- but then I actually found Matt's book, and oh, I cool. thought Matt's book was, um, oh, actually I skipped a part. So I got into uh, Heart Math, um, yep. and, and Heart Math uses HRV yep. biofeedback technology. Um, and I was more curious about their actual techniques and their concepts of heart coherence and lots of things like that. And, uh, and I dove deep and I got certified with HeartMath as uh, somebody who's trauma sensitive in their resilience program. And after that, I stumbled upon Matt's book. There might have been something else in between, but I found Matt's book and I just thought it was so eloquently like well summed up like a summation of a lot of these bits and pieces that I had been putting together with like his extra stuff meaning like he brought it together for organizations and he like applied it in this broader framework that I was like oh this is this is cool this is uh, ahead of its time and uh and I immediately recognized that and um I already had the HRV biotechnology I was playing around and I just sent you guys an email that that was really how it started Uh, I was like I saw the app. I tried to get into the app and I, and I realized you needed to be like partnered with you guys or something. So I was like, I, I want to immediately see how I can get more a hold of this. And pretty much ever since I've been using Optimal, the first thing I do when I wake up before anything is I take an HRV measurement of myself. And I encourage everybody who I work with to do the same, especially if we're working together long term. That's amazing. Thanks for that. So we I mean a lot, a lot of cool things. I mean, you've you've already experienced a number of products that are all sort of in the wellness space that sort of gravitated towards HRV and, and heart math. I'm sure most of the listeners to the podcast know it. Great company with great products. A little bit different focus than what we do, which you know is, is fantastic. So I guess I'm curious now that you're you're sort of bought in and and fully sort of educated on what HRV is and and why it's important. How has it changed? Kind of two-part question. Number one, your, your focus on, on your personal life, you as an individual, because I think a lot of the people that are, are listening to the podcast are curious, how do I adopt HRV in my day-to-day um, to, to make me feel better and to help me prioritize my life differently? And then number two, the work you're doing. How have you, how have you kind of started to utilize it with your your clients to make your interactions better to 
improve the quality of work that you're doing together, if that makes sense. Yeah, it, that's amazing. Um, I guess I'll start with me. So um, after studying polyvagal theory and taking uh, an amazing course with Dr. Stephen Porges and Deb Dana, I had my own sort of epiphanies of recognizing how powerful the nervous system is as a, as a way of framing or looking at emotional or mental health. And so then this emphasis on the nervous system became a big, big part of how I approached my own mental health and wellness. And so then recognizing how correlated HRV drops and heightened peaks are with nervous system states of regulation or dysregulation really started to open my mind up to, whoa, so maybe I can track this stuff firsthand and see it in context with my own life. And uh, that was really, really cool. And I still look at most mental health things through the nervous system lens. Um, I, maybe your listeners have a basic understanding, but basically with polyvagal theory, um, the new addition is people used to think it was just stress or you're like, well, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're either in stress or you're in well-being of some kind, like you're regulated. Um, but what polyvagal added was the secondary dorsal vagal system, understanding that there's actually a shutdown or a dissociative or withdrawing a social isolating kind of aspect of our nervous system, which comes up, comes on to like protect us and get us to withdraw away from danger. Um, and when that's mixed with our sympathetic, we'll freeze. And then when that's dominant in our sort of nervous system experience, we'll withdraw, we'll get depressed, we'll be emotionally numbed out. Um, and our prefrontal cortex, a lot of our faculties are sort of numbed. So because I had my own intense stuff, you know, in childhood and, and lingering just stuff, you know, maybe even the stuff wasn't intense, but it affected me deeply. Certainly. I, uh, I mean, yeah, is different for everybody. I mean, exactly. No there's no one thing that's traumatic for the, you know, the everybody reacts to situations differently and, and, and trauma happens. Right. So. Yeah. So because of that, I mean, I have my own challenges and measuring my HRV, what it started to do was create a tangible feedback loop to understanding uh, what's coming up for me or what's coming up in my nervous system and how I'm responding to things on any given day. So yeah, I find feedback improves progress just in a very simple, uh, like the most basic bite-sized, like little mantra feedback yeah. improves progress. So yeah, when I'm aware tracked, measured typically improves, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. What you measure, you can, uh, get better results. With. That's right. So, so that, uh, that was really cool. And what I also realized um, is two. Sometimes I'm actually very in tune with myself. I'm able to be aware of what my nervous system state is, um, meaning I can actually guess my HRV before I look at the end result. Yep. And, and I'll be within a few uh, points, usually, you know, three to yep. five. But then other times I'm completely out of touch with how my nervous system is. <laughs> Shocked, right? Uh, yeah, yeah it's shocking. I'm like, I think from? I would measure a, like, you know, an 80 or something. And then I like 30. <laughs> really? My heart availability is that low? And and uh, yeah, it, it's and then and then sometimes it takes a, a little bit to sort of just adjust into like the reality is um, for me and I believe for for a lot of people as well we overestimate how accurately in touch we are with our nervous system state. You can think of somebody you've ever seen <clears throat> being like, "Hey, are you all right?" And they're like, 
yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm not stressed. <laughs> and you're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, and we've all done that to a certain degree at certain points, but certain, uh, certain people might have a more even exaggerated disconnection with their own nervous system health and state. And other people have a more, you know, maybe they're more in tune. They can guess their HRV. If they got trained with it for a bit, they could have a sense of where they're at. Um, so that was really an eye opening to be like, okay, I'm not actually always accurate. And you know what, especially when I think people go through trauma, overwhelm or dysregulating experiences, that's when people lose touch with how their body is actually feeling. And when you lose touch, you lose context. You don't have a sense of like, oh, I'm actually not that in a good place right now. And maybe I should be doing self-care, but I'm not. And that's when self-care practices typically go down instead of up. Exactly. People are so focused on just eyes on the prize, get through it, do more work, work harder, whatever it is. And they skip it. Exactly. They skip it. And then without that feedback loop, it just continues to go downhill to the point where you you get to a place where, you know, it's very difficult. So, I mean, I think you, you said it really well in terms of that consistent feedback loop that people just, there's no other way to get which I think is really cool. You said that very yeah. well. Yeah, and, and how that feedback back loop is sort of, it's not the same with just journaling your thoughts. Um, because when you're doing, when you're, when you're actually focused on heart rate variability, I love this term. I kind of, I think I came up with it last week. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if someone else has, but like you're, you're playing in the realm of quantified wellness, which is like you're actually looking at something tangible and you can have a goal of affecting something tangible rather than being like, I think I feel a bit better today. Like you're, you're, it's so fuzzy. Like you're to, to even have a memory of how you felt very accurate is kind of hard. Yeah, so it changes so quickly. It's it changes weird. so quickly. Exactly. You're like, and some people, some people I've worked with, especially it's like, they'll exaggerate how bad something was in the past, or they'll, they'll lose touch with the moments where they did feel good. And, when you look at your HRV trends, you can really see, you know what? Last month I was trending above 80 and I did feel great. And I know that because I tagged happy, you know, on my, on my, on my HRV or whatever. And yep. you can, you can actually be like, for sure I'm dipping now. And that's okay because look where I've been. My, bio- my biology has created states of well-being and regulation like this before. As long as I'm able to support it to do that with whatever strategies I have or I'm supported to use then I can, I can get back there and I can stabilize there. That's it. That's exactly right. And, and you can see very, very quantitatively, like you said, playing in the state of quantitative wellness is awesome. Trademark that. <laughs> um, you, uh, you with, without that, you don't know what's works too. So when you get in these sort of, let's call them, you know, slides, you've got decline, you've got stress in your life that's, that's causing challenges and, and it's hard to react to it's hard to know what, what works to sort of get yourself out of it. I mean, it's easy to say, yeah, I need more sleep or, but if you if you can't sleep because your mind won't shut off, that's, you know, that's not an option. So what kind of things can you do that are going to start to reverse the trend a little bit and being able to see that you may not feel it the next day because you're still sort of working through everything else that's affecting you, but you've got a number that says whatever you did yesterday worked because your previous reading is higher than your, your last reading and the last seven days and the last month. So, you know, continue to focus on whatever it is you're doing recently because it's having a positive impact, which is cool. I mean, that, that, that gives you motivation and that's positivity that you need at that moment in time, which I think is really mm-hmm. cool as well. 
Yeah, and you also active, asked about how I uh, use this with clients, and that overlaps yeah. with the second part, um, which is developing more like proactive and responsive strategies to dips and to, to lows. And so, for instance, I help people through a polyvagal informed or applied lens, which yeah. is basically understanding like some people are going to have freeze as a response to overwhelming circumstances. Some people will shut down and just really collapse and, and withdraw from their responsibilities, their life. And other people are going to get stressed and they're going to try and go along with it. And each one of those is a distinct sort of combination or state of the nervous system. And I help people have more proactive strategies to use based on what state they're in. So for instance, if somebody's in a more sympathetically oriented state, even when I find myself in that, I basically want to be supporting myself to cool the jets, to calm down. That's very different than if I'm in a dorsal vagal sort of shut down, withdrawn state. If I get myself to calm down more, I'm literally not going to get out of bed and I'm, my HRV is not going to really change much. Like I'm already withdrawn. I'm already in this kind of shutdown state. Okay. So at that point, there's like more gentle uh, movement and safety is more emphasized than any of the other states. And in, in a freeze-like state where these are both competing, uh, I might be doing things which sort of integrate the aspects of both approaches, but are also more balancing. Um, but I find the lower on the polyvagal ladder, I find myself or somebody, usually that's where we want to be emphasizing safety more. So the nervous system, and we intuitively feel the sense of like, oh, it's safe for me to come out of this survival response. Right. So HRV will just be a part of that feedback loop to see if that's happening and to notice when that's starting to happen. Because you, you might not just dip in one day, you'll notice a trend. Okay, I was, I was averaging 60, 65, and then 50. 55, uh, 45, 40, and then 30 all of a sudden. And it's like, you can actually see some of the warning signs if you want to use that word, but like you can see the, the tells yeah, for the nervous true. systems beginning to go into a survival like state because of whatever's overwhelming you or the combination of things that are overwhelming. Yep. No, and that's great. And, and, and for the benefit of our listeners, maybe talk a little bit more about kind of the coaching work that you do. I mean, you, you kind of started to get into it there um, in the last last uh, little segment, but, you know, maybe help everybody understand kind of what your focus is and, and uh, you know, the yeah. type of clients that you're working with. Because I think that'll help when you start to talk about how you onboard HRV and all that work. It's really important to kind of know exactly what your, what your goal is with your clients and, um, you know, what you're set out to do together. Yeah, that's an awesome sort of segue. And um, it reminds me of this principle that I learned from the course that I took on HRV. I took two now, but um, this one was with, um, it, was, it was a digital, it was an online course. And it was one single uh, uh, little mantra that stuck with me, which is like HRV is most useful in context. So it's like always looking at what's happening with that person in their life. And what I've tried to create is a course uh, not a course, it's more of a program where I work with people either one-on-one -on -one or I worked with a group, usually, you know, one-on-six or one-on-ten, something like that. And uh, we go through this experience that helps them to map the best context for like understanding their HRV if they're going to measure it. Um, so the people who work with me long-term will. Some people just do this six-week um, program and they might not never got on board with HRV, but I always recommend it especially if they've been somebody who's really struggled with their nervous system health. Um, I, I find it's like invaluable. Like the more that you uh, have had any struggles, 
but also the more that you're really looking to quantify your improvements. So basically what we do um, is we do this, this thing, which I've learned from uh, the polyvagal theory course that I've done, which is we map the nervous system. So we take a look at all of the distinct states that the nervous system can produce. And I help people to understand the thoughts, the sensations in their body, and the types of behaviors that they will normally take when these, sites, these nervous system states become dominant. So for instance, somebody who becomes in a sympathetically oriented state, their sensations might start to be erasing heart, constriction in the throat, um, pressure in the head. I'm just making up random ones, sh shoulder tightness. And, uh, and their thoughts might start to become racing. Uh, they might be future oriented, worried about things that are about to happen, uh, a sense of pressure in their thinking. And then their behaviors might be like, literally, I'll get them to list a bunch of them. So could be like cleaning things excessively, pacing around, uh, could be, um, uh, staying up late, watching things. It, it could, it could be so many different things or like, um, uh, confronting, arguing. And so anyways, we, we do this for each and every state of the nervous system so that they have a better sense of mindfulness to recognize that state. So once you're in that state, you're able to say, well, I'm noticing the heart thing, heart's beating faster, shoulders are tight. I guess we're in the sympathetic. And, and then when you can really meet yourself there and you know, okay, so this is what I've mapped out. Then what we do further on our uh, process is we help develop a state specific strategies. So based on the state that you're in, we have a strategy that you can use. Um, in many ways they're custom, but I offer a lot of tools because everybody's nervous system is going to respond differently to things. Sure. Um, for the sympathetic nervous system, we're going to be focusing on cooling down. Now, what helps people cool down is different. Some people might respond extremely well to just going, spending time with their friends. And then all of a sudden that's a great cool down for them. For yeah. other people, uh, that might actually cause more stress if there's tension or drama with their friendship. So, um, it's very unique and individual. I'll recommend like, this is a classic one for sympathetic, the four, seven, eight breathing exercise, which is known to sort of turn the parasympathetic more strongly and downregulate stress response. I'll recommend people practice that as a consistent strategy to use, um, especially for sympathetic dominance, people who are having a hard time turning off. Whereas I'll recommend like resonance frequency breathing in other circumstances, um, or as like, as a general like thing to do every single day. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, that'll be a way that we do it. Um, so basically the way that I set up the six weeks is just the main way that I work with people. And then some people work way longer with me, like six months. Um, but six weeks is like an educational experience, experience where we do exercises. So we're, we're mapping the nervous system. And then we do lots of techniques. I love to make people feel like they have resources, like they're never just alone in their state, in their dysregulation and their discomfort or in their emotions and that there's nothing that they can do. So I try and make sure people feel like they have a wealth of tools in their toolbox to use and ones that are actually specific and scientifically make sense why you would use this in this state. It's like, oh, this will help me to cool down those jets. And lastly, I'll give people homework. That's sort of uh, a way that I help people to stay consistent and to integrate the material. Because if you're, you're just learning about something, you probably know this, but like you just learn about something, but you don't sort of take it and, and do something with it. Um, it doesn't affect the change that you're looking for. So Absolutely. that's ultimately the way that I like to work with people. Um, and then a recent addition that I've been finding very, very helpful 
is focusing on, I do this for my long-term clients only, but we do sessions that are kind of like a, it's like a class. I also teach yoga, right? So we, we just do techniques or practices together so that they can have a more grounded sense of how to connect and regulate through their own body with movement, with breathing, uh, with somatic exercises. So I, I call it a somatic work, breath work, and body work. So it's like very simple things that you can do that sometimes people forget you can do. Like, for instance, you can massage your own body. Um, I'll, I'll help guide people through that. And they'll be like, oh, wow, literally I could be doing this. I did not even think about that. <laughs> I had like, to make an appointment to, the, yeah. to go get a massage somewhere. Absolutely. Or, or breathing or gentle Qigong exercises, things like that. Um, you know, nothing too crazy, but it doesn't have to be technical or advanced to get results. So that's the, the broad so strokes cool. of, of how I'll work with people, um, at least right now. And that's so cool, man. No, what great work. I mean, this is stuff that most people just don't know about. I know I didn't know about much about the nervous system up until two years ago when Matt and I kind of started this journey together and, and just the power of it, to your point, just, just the knowledge, being mindful of, of how much the way I'm feeling, the way I'm behaving, um, the way I'm relating to people, all of those things get back to my nervous system and not knowing anything about it, is just, it was just sort of crazy. So being able to teach that and help people get grounded with it, understand it, take it in, become mindful about it for themselves is, is really important work. So uh, I understand why you, you, you've got a really impactful, successful business doing it. Yeah, and, and HRV kind of fits into this um, with the people who I do long-term work with Often, I would say probably 75% of the time, we're the first thing we talk about, you know, sometimes we'll, we'll just, you know, chill and we'll co-regulate for a moment first. But usually the first main topic is like what their HRV was like that week and what their takeaways were from just looking at the trends. And it's been amazing. I've had a client who uh, taught a, um, a, at a retreat and... Um, but prior to that, she was very, she was in a situation where she was quite isolated from a lot of other people and, um, you know, kind of struggling with her own internal stretches, stresses and whatnot, keeping everything hundred percent anonymous, of course, basically when she had this experience at this retreat, she noticed her HRV popping up like 30, 40 points. Wow. And that's, that's extremely significant. significant. And when yeah. she had male companionship, meaning that somebody who she was bonding with, spending close time with like kind of dates. And all of that, her HRV popped up and stabilized at a higher level too. Wow. And uh, she might have intuitively known that if she wasn't measuring her HRV, like, well, yeah, I do feel better. But um, the HRV just like validates that and shows you without a shadow of a doubt, you respond well to this. And this might be something that you're missing to help you to support yourself to stabilize at a higher average, which then afterwards you wouldn't be so reliant on. But for the time being, sometimes when we're in a low place, when we've had uh, things we've been struggling with, we need that social support. We need uh, right. these types of resources to help find stability, to make the nervous system feel there's consistency and safety enough that we're able to come out of those survival states and we'll feel more stable afterwards. Yep. No, that's so well said. That's such a great example. And I mean, great, great for everybody to hear those kinds of retreats work. I mean, I, you know, I think that's a lot of the, a lot of this work that people do that's so hard to understand 
you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. expensive. It takes a lot of time. It's you fill in the blank. But then when you have these numbers that tell you how impactful it is to your nervous system, which controls so much of your body's functioning, how great is that? Of course, it's worth that investment. Of course, it's worth that time. Of course, it's worth that understanding to, to give that to yourself. You know, I mean, that's a gift to yourself. So that's that's super cool to hear. Um, you know, we just love to hear those stories, man. That's why we do this. Yeah. So, and, and one of the things that she would do is she would tag so you know how at Optimal, you guys have these tags, right? And so she would tag her anxiety, which was most mornings, probably like 70 to 80% of mornings. And at this retreat, and especially around her male companionship, the, the tags started going away as the HRV was, was higher, that she wasn't tagging anxiety. So then now she could potentially look back and she'd be like, I, for, for two weeks there, I literally didn't have morning anxiety. And so it's not just a memory or a figment of your imagination. Like, I'm pretty sure I wasn't as anxious back then. You're like, nope, literally it's like <laughs> mapped out. I wasn't. And yep. so then you can make in decisions that are like very informed based on how your nervous system is responding. And what I want to support the people who I work with to do is basically um, chase the stuff that really helps you to feel healthy. Because when you're feeling healthy, when your nervous system is doing good, with your HRV is higher, you're going to feel more capable to tackle challenges. You're probably yep. going to have more resources mentally in your faculties. You're going to feel yep. more courageous. You're going to feel like you can, you know, you can handle stresses here and there because, uh, and, and grow through them. And so then yep. you'll take the risks that you wouldn't normally take. And those can yield, you know, the results that you're really, truly wanting. And if you're in a coping mode, meaning you're just like your HRV is maybe 30 points below what could be your average and you're not going to feel this resilient adaptive strength to go and like pursue this big thing that you want to do you're going to feel like ah just play small because i'm not feeling too good i need to feel better and if we can deal with that first and then get somebody to stabilize higher then that can literally change the whole pathway of where they're heading in their life from coping to thriving that's it's exactly right. From coping to thriving, that's what's perfect. You only have so much energy. So, you know, if you need it just to function and, and sort of get through the day because you're in, the, like you said, you're 30 points below you where you normally are, you're not going to be able to go take on that big challenge or you know, do that big project at work or whatever it might be because um, you just don't have the capability to do it. And understanding that and putting the energy into getting back to where you are so you do have that energy to go do it is, is where you should prioritize the effort. Not feel bad about yourself for not having the energy to go do the project. So um, so here's a question for you that I think a lot of people that listen to the podcast and a lot of people we talk about, their number one concern as clinicians, as coaches, as, as leaders, how do I get people to, to adopt this? You know, I, I can use this data very effectively in my engagements with, in your case, your clients. How did you get your clients to buy in and take morning readings or at least four or five readings a week so that you can actually use the data for a more meaningful interaction with them? That's a good question. I think um, this will be very individual per, per the person who's trying to really like make this, uh, make this adoptable. But for me, um, my approach is like basically become an ambassador of the idea. Yeah. And so in, in, in a sense, it's like I just champion the idea of how powerful it is so much that it seems to be contagious for people. Like I'm just like, this is uh, and I, I'll show it on my social media. Like 
I'll show when I have a dip and then when I bounce back up and I'll be like, this is what I did. And, and I'll like literally bring people along the journey because then they might be like, well, I want to know what mine is. And I'm like, well, <laughs> you can get it. <laughs> um, yep. And so I sort of just um, from a very just authentic and uh, my own personal experience first approach, share what why it's been so impactful. And then also now I've taken, you know, these courses and read Matt's book. And like, I do genuinely have a, a good understanding of how to use this. And I think people can feel that when I'm talking to them and I'm like talking to them about the data is always in context. You might've peaked, you might've peaked at this higher, you know, level of your HRV because your body's a little bit exhausted. It's going to recovery mode. Um, when people see these big jumps and they're like, but I don't feel like, you know, and so I'll, I'll help them to understand and put it in context and to use the information and to have the strategies. And, and it really just packages everything so nicely for people that um, it would honestly feel like something was missing if it was omitted out of the work, especially for somebody long-term because long-term trends, uh, it's, that's what's going to get you to know yourself really well. And, uh, ultimately where I want to get people to, um, especially if we work more than six or 10 weeks together is a point where they can guess their HRV and be pretty accurate. And that's so cool that you could uh, have the tool to basically validate your own feeling of your own internal body. And it's, it's not like you're completely non-reliant on it because what will happen is you'll dysregulate and you'll guess wrong sometimes, but then you'll learn from that. And, uh, me doing this now for probably six months of every single day morning readings um, to get like really consistent with it and actually looking at it and, and taking a moment to like look at where I'm at today and, and where I was at yesterday. Um, I would say my accuracy probably went from like 25, 30% to like 75, 80% with like being able to guess what my HRV is on any given day. So yeah, long story short, uh, I think, I think that uh, championing the idea and genuinely knowing how to look at or contextualize the data for people um, tends to make people willing to want to try it. And also in a lot of ways, it sells itself because it's so cool. It's such a like cool innovation and bio feedback or biohacking is kind of just this like niche thing that a lot of people are just into irrespective of what the actual specific technology is they're just like oh if this is like biohacking like let's let's give it a shot yep no nope. that's cool and it's great and i think there's a I appreciate that because i think there's this barrier to entry that people perceive but what we've heard from all of the folks like you in in the clinical world um when they actually explain what it is and, and really why it matters for the individual and give share stories like you just shared about their patients or their clients or whatever, like really impactful things. People jump on board. It, it, it really hasn't become nearly as big of an issue for anybody that we work with as they sort of originally thought. Cause that's always one of the first questions they ask us, like how am I gonna get people to take the readings every day? And we say the same thing you said, you know, well, first of all, you're not gonna get everybody. That's okay. Um, but once you help people understand why it matters to them and what kind of insights they can have moving forward. Uh, typically, they're willing to try it. And once they try it, and once you work together and, and bring that, that, that data in with the contextual information that they're giving you for the insights that they didn't have before, it, 
it becomes a central part of what they do every day, which is exactly what we want. That's, you know, that, that's music to our ears because, you know, it's, it's important for everybody. So. Yeah. I want to, I want to help people like have a very tangible sense of, okay, I haven't left the house in four days or I haven't, <laughs> uh, I haven't uh, seen anybody like friends yep. in like four or five days. And I see my HRV just going on a diagonal downwards. And I want to help people make those connections like, whoa, the decisions that I make do affect my nervous system health and they have a momentum to them because like the longer you do a certain thing or you don't do a certain thing, that becomes a sort of new nervous system pattern that becomes a new neuroplasticity way of reshaping your, your, your body and your brain. And then being able to recognize we do have a certain degree of influence more than what most people know, especially with like resonance frequency breathing and getting in touch with your body. You know, when you've really trained it, like within a certain, just a few breaths, you're able to relax the muscles in your body and downregulate a certain survival response. Or, you know, if you're really far away from that and some, I, I was, I'm a hard case in a lot of ways. Like I have to do 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes at the night, at night and various practices throughout the day, like little moments to release tension and and to breathe and to, to emotionally pivot. And, uh, that's rewarding too, because it's like at the end of the day, whatever you can do that will influence you positively will be worth it. Cause your, your state, your, your nervous system health, especially affects your, your physical health, affects your emotional health. It's, it's all way more connected than a lot of people probably currently know. Oh, absolutely. hundred percent. I mean, yeah. your relationships, your performance, your, the way you feel, the way you interact, all of it is, is, is tied back, which again, up until two years ago, I had no idea. It's, it's not something that unless you're in a certain uh, area of study that, that you really know. So. Yeah. I, I used to have an intuitive sense. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, every area of your life affects every other area of your life. Right. Um, I remember when I first started coaching, there's like a coaching wheel of like family, relationships, finance, uh, you know, diet. And it was like sort of this, this wheel. I, I forget the exact name of it, but, um, and I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Like all of these things holistically connect together. Sure. But then once I started to see that HRV is sort of like a catch-all in a lot of ways, to see the interactions of these parts and how that leaves a imprint on the way your heart is, is sending its signals. Uh, that's when I got really, really interested. Um, yeah. And then just noticing that, or maybe you could speak to this, but I think uh, from what I've seen, the top five things that'll impact your HRV are, is your emotional health, your social life, your social health, your diet, your movement or lack of movement, and your sleep or lack of quality sleep. And those five pillars together hold together what can be a holistic life or one that's like falling apart um, (laughs) based on everything. That's exactly, you're you're, you're spot on. And they, it's a bit of a a circle too, because um, your ability to show up for social functions and, you know, professional things and, and part of those those pillars are also tied to your HRV and how well your body's prepared to be able to do that. So like you said, social can be a very positive thing or it can be a very negative thing, depending upon who you're with, you know, what kind of interactions you have, the stress level around all that, but you're absolutely right. I mean, we, we see that time and time again. It's, uh, 
it's cool to see correlations the more people you talk to and, and be able to sort of really hone in on those things when you're working with your clients, I'm sure. Yeah. So last question for you. This has been amazing. Okay. Thank you so much for your time. So where do you see, the, what's the future look like for you and, and HRV and, you know, your practice? Where, where are you kind of, you know, nothing's ever static. Everything's dynamic, you know? Where, where do you sort of see this world kind of going to? And, um, you know, HRV specifically now that, I mean, we were just talking about how you've got clients that are interested in it, but don't even know what the acronym means, right? So (laughs) HVR. (laughs) Exactly. So just be a prognosticator for a bit. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Yeah. So I am sort of developing and refining my approach to how to support people with HRV and ultimately, I, um, I'm really inspired by this one um, psychotherapist. Um, I'm sure you've heard of her. I, you guys have a great team. Um, wouldn't be surprised if you had attempted to connect with her before. Her name Leah Lagos. Absolutely. Yeah. And a lot of the stuff that... Definitely a lot of contact. Yeah. Um, listen to some of the stuff that she's done and read her book. And... Um, I love the idea of training people through a various host of techniques, but especially through um, getting in touch with their breathing process, not just superficially breathing along with a timer, but like feeling into their physiology, feeling into their body, feeling into the rhythm of resonance frequency or of certain HRV type breathing techniques that they can do to actually from an inside out perspective, learn how to um, consistently raise their HRV over time. And that is, well, HRV is just the term for their their well-being. Like you're gonna be feeling better. When I measure my HRV consistently over 80, so that's kind of my, one of my sweet spots is like 80 and uh, and above, you know, within 80 to 90. um, I feel like I'm in a flow state. Like that number for me is my sweet spot. If sometimes even if I'm higher than that, it's like, it could be because my body's seeking recovery or I've done something abrupt. Like I took an ice bath or something and I shoot up above a hundred. But yep. when I'm in this 80 to 90 range, um, this, this flow state of just like everything in my life just feels like it's happening naturally and easily. And I don't feel like I'm forcing myself in any capacity. Like when I'm around people, I feel comfortable and I feel safe and I open and I express and there's genuine connection. There's genuine play, laughter, and intimacy. And so I want to help people to find their sweet spot. And I think that a big part of it is the breathing. And like I said, not just superficially breathing along with a timer, but getting in touch with that breathing process internally and, and feeling into how linked dramatically the breath is to the way that, um, various different bodily systems are operating and how the nervous system can shift based on different breathing patterns. So that's ultimately where I want to keep going with people um, is training them through and supporting them through breath, as well as a host of other techniques that involve all the other pillars we talked about, like the social relationship piece. Like I, I genuinely, this is probably going to go further into my work in the future, but helping people with their social ecosystem which is a way of looking at like, what do you have surrounded? Do you have the correct like social nourishment around you um, to support yourself, um, which is a part of mental health for sure, emotional health, 
or do you have this sort of toxic or very um, limited or lacking social ecosystem rather than a very abundant social ecosystem that has more than everything you need, more than enough support, more than enough community, more than enough um, of all this stuff. And then, yeah, the sleep and the diet and all of that, but mostly emphasizing the breathing and the social component, which I think are um, two of the most potential game-changing approaches to mental health coming forward is like getting in touch with your breathing process and your physiology through the inside out. And then also learning about how social um, co-regulation happens and how supportive that is for the nervous system and for so many different mental health issues. So that's where I'm going to keep going and um, dive deeper in. I love it. Well, especially coming out of COVID. I mean, we all learned you know, that, that social ecosystem changed for everybody so quickly. And, you know, that, still figured, a lot of you are still figuring that out, you know, and I think that um, that's amazing, man. Looking forward to continuing the journey together and, uh, you know, seeing the, the cool work and where you take it. So if you know, people are, are interested in what you do that are, that listen to the podcast, how do they get in touch with you? What's, uh, what's a way to reach out? Yeah. I mean, I think the best way somebody can connect would be Instagram. Instagram is like where I'm the most active and it's at will. So W I L L dot Darude D E R O O D E. Um, my, my name might be in the show notes or maybe even my Instagram handle. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll put that out there on the show notes for sure. Just want uh, the folks to, uh, to, to know how to get in touch with you if, if they're interested in yeah. what you're doing. They can send me a DM. They could uh, share where they heard about it. Um, if they're interested in anything specifically, they can ask me a question. And lots of my posts uh, just reflect a lot of the knowledge and the, the approach that I'm talking about. And they can learn a lot um, if they stay on board with me, because really, I'm just going to continue to learn and uh, always share and, and put information in a context that's more digestible for people. You know, some of these courses, I, I took it and I'm like, for instance, about polyvagal theory. And I'm like, this is this is awesome but I don't feel like anybody's talking about this in a way or very few people are talking about this in a way that's like very applicable for like somebody who doesn't understand any of it, uh, who doesn't like get the basic concepts. And I wanted to just like put it together in a way that's like, here's, I can help you. Um, so that's what my Instagram has a lot of for people who just want to learn or come along. And if they want to work with me, um, there's plenty of opportunities probably whenever they listen to this, there'll be something new or there'll be another round of whatever I'm offering. I love it. Well, Will, number one, thanks for your time today. Really appreciate it. Number two, thanks for being a great partner. You've incorporated a lot of, of your comments and feedback into the development work that we're doing for the app. Uh, number three, thanks for you know your, your focus on, on helping people heal and get better. I mean, that's what we're all here for. And so we, uh, you know, a huge appreciation for that. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate that. And, uh, I look forward to like just having more back and forth, especially around the app and how it's going to evolve in the future. Uh, it's been really rewarding to just see little changes. I can't remember what one of them was, but I remember like when I went to the app and I'm like, I remember I recommended that and it changed. And I was like, <laughs> that was so, so, that was, that was so fulfilling. I was like, uh, but, but then man, again, the only way, the only way that you guys made that change is because you saw that as being valuable too. It wasn't like me, it was us. It was like well, that's something it, right? you saw. Yeah. Partnership. Well, and, and you know, the feedback that folks that are actually using it on a day-to-day -day basis is invaluable because you know, you, you know, what works with, with your clients and your patients. So we, we, 
try to say every podcast. If you've got recommendations, if you've got thoughts, if you've got feedback, support at optimalhrb.com. We want to hear about it. I know a lot of folks aren't part of organizations that are using our product yet. And we've been teasing at some big announcements. Uh, they're, they're very soon to follow. Um, so, you know, for all the, all the listeners, uh, keep, keep listening. We'll have some pretty big news here in the next few weeks. So nice. Well, Will, thanks so much. Really appreciate the time. Always a pleasure, my friend. Thanks to everybody for listening um, and all of the wonderful support. And we will see you next time on the Heart Rate Variability Podcast. Take care, everybody. Ciao.